Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3 Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Vince and Zach. Happy New Year, everybody. We are here to talk about the first new DC Comics of the year coming out on January 2nd, 2024, starting with Neil Before Zod, number one, written by Joe Casey, illustrated by Dan McDade. Zach and I had talked about the prelude to this in Action Comics a few weeks ago. Um, but Vince, you've been really excited about this book for a few months now. And uh, so why don't we start with you? What did you think of the first issue of this uh, story? I really liked it. Um, I think uh, it's, a, it's a little bit over the top. It's a little bit... Um, um, it's a little bit melodramatic at times. Like the character of Zod in particular is written very uh, cartoonishly like a fascist, you know, which is, I mean, I, I think it's enjoyable. I think it's, there's like a tongue in cheek aspect to it um, that I can enjoy. Um, The Dan McDade art really brings it all together. I think I just, I just love looking at his work. Um, and I, I, I love the fact that at least for now, it's a Zod story that is kind of, uh, unmoored from not continuity necessarily, because there are, there are references made to things that have happened in previous issues and things like that, but it's, it's doing its own thing. It doesn't feel beholden to anything else, and yet it's, yet it is part of continuity. So I can imagine this stuff like uh, affecting things down the road with this character and with his son, and um, it it feels a part of a universe without needing like, it doesn't need like a Batman cameo, you know, or or like a Superman cameo. Really, um, it's just doing its own thing, dancing to its own beat. Uh, and I loved it. Zach, you want to go next? Or want me to go next? You go next. I didn't like this. Um, mm. I, it looks great. I mean, the Dan McDade art is really good, but this is edgelord shit. And ah. it's just, it's oppressively dark. It's oppressively humorless. There is no winking or acknowledgement that these characters suck. It is just over the top edgelord shit. And I have no patience for that. Um, I, I don't disagree that it's that, you know, I like that it's sort of off at its island here and doesn't need to be anything to any any other book. This of itself. Um, but it just. I don't know. I, I said to Zach when we talked about the the the, the first the preview story that I feel like Zod is the uh, Snyder cut of DC Comics. Like, it's just this edgy, not interesting, just there's a, there's a stink of, like, the New 52 and Snyder and all that stuff, Zack Snyder, all over it. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me unless there is something, unless there's a counterweight to it. It just feels oppressively... Uh, and intentionally dark for darkness sake. You're supposed to read this thing. Well, he's so fucked up. He's he's I, exiling his son. I oh, don't he's know. so I don't know. There, there is nothing subtextual about this. Uh it's it's just what you're getting. And it's uh 
I just think it's a, it's a bore and it's a drag, and I really did not care for this. I kept waiting for an interesting idea to happen. I kept waiting for there to be a turn that I didn't expect. Or um, what about him like seeing Jarrell talking to him and that, like ha- having these like mad visions of Jarrell and and of Superman later. I, I, I guess there I guess there was a one panel Superman cameo. There's a one panel, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess the Jarrell thing is the most interesting thing in it, but I don't think that's it's so it's not like there's a way that they that, that scene could have been done where it would have made the reader think for half a second that there was some sort of Jorel there. But it's so clear that this is just a, a delusion of his from the start that it doesn't even have the 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 one page thing where you're like, oh, is this really happening or is this in his mind? Like it just it 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 blew that that chance by having it so clearly be what it is. Well, yeah, I, I just, don't I don't think anything would have tricked me into thinking Jarrell no, was but, suddenly back and nobody But but to have so, but there I mean look, Mr. Oz, that's all I'm gonna say. Um but, oh, you know, that I'm was kidding. terrible. I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But yeah. you know, there's a I don't know, it just this just felt like it was I don't know. I, I really have no affinity for this whatsoever outside mm-hmm. of the art looking good. It it really disappointed me. And I didn't love that preview story, but the preview story was sort of small enough and inconsequential enough that I, it didn't really bug me the way that this bugged me. Yeah. Anyway, Zach. I liked this a lot. I, I mean, most of it stood on the art, I think. Um, and that's kind of enough for me also like the new krypton angle you know i'm just a total sucker for that um so like those things alone kind of did it for me i do agree that it is like a little edge lordy um but i don't i i'm okay with it so I, I i'm eager to see where this goes i like space stuff like i'm i'm here for it yeah i think like to to talk about the art a little bit more and 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 why it really makes the book for me Dan McDade's doing things that like regular weekly kind of stock artists at DC just don't do don't there's attention paid here to the way things look dramatically the, the what is obscured by shadow versus what you see at times that just lend this like gravitas to it see i think uh, brian i think where we disagree and i think you can you know if if you saw it that way that th- that's fine as like a snyder slash edgelord thing um that's fine to to me it was like uh shakespearean dramatic and i i don't you know i'm i don't mean to say that this is like as good as the bar or anything like that. I'm just saying like what, what I, it didn't occur to me that this was edgelord because of moments where like Dan McDade is showing Zod peering over the, the original bottle city of Kandor. And that is such a strange panel where you see like the Kandor in the foreground Obviously, he's looking into the bottle. Like, that's pretty easy to assume, but nothing in the art in that first panel necessarily gives it away. Zod's face is like obscured half by shadow. And it's just, 
it's this very like eerie dramatic pensive uh image of this character peering over this city in in a in a really like cinematic way almost it's very it's very it's going for something beyond just showing you a thing on a page like there's there's a mood that's being uh instituted on those pages where he's peering at at candor uh, the, the the colors kind of change themselves up at that time too and so um it lends itself to kind of a mood there as well there's a scene near the end when he's being confronted by the united planets and they're kind of condemning him or saying like you know we'll be watching you closely um after this genocide you may or may not have committed and uh again like the shadow obscures his face and all you see are his like squinting eyes and there's just something about that that like if artists did more little things like that in the in the in the weekly comics that we read all the time it would go so much uh further in making these things enjoyable and or you know something that leaves an impression on you instead of just nakedly showing you the thing that the comic is trying to show you um there's just a mood suggested here by a lot of the art that i really like um and it made it feel like something more than just an ordinary weekly comic and by weekly i mean like the the, the regular rabble that we read all the time i don't mean that this book is weekly no i, I know what you mean yeah um I, again i think the art is very very good here but I mean, to call it Shakespearean, I think, is fucking insane. Um, I mean, especially I, I, because I, so explained, much, I explained what I meant by that. I, I know, I, but I still think you're insane but for saying it. Um, okay, all right. I, I, I mean, I just think it's overstated. But the, the other problem I have with this is that so much of this was done in that preview story, too. Like, we saw the United Planets have their issues with him. We yeah, saw his true. son being a shit. Like, why do I that's, have to read two of these? That's a decent. That is well, a that's fucking why didn't read it. Right. Well, I did now. I read it before before I read this, but when you asked me, I hadn't read it. But um, I that is something that DC has been doing, regardless of writer, regardless of story, and it does it drives me nuts. I do not like how they give you a back like a a you know six to ten page backup, and then they essentially give you all that stuff again in the first issue of whatever comic it is. Yeah, I, I I hate that. I wish they wouldn't do that. That sucks. Um, it is what it is. Again, like I, I also just think that I don't have. I mean, I I have an affinity for the new Krypton stuff, absolutely. But I think that the Zod part of that is my least favorite part of that. So this doesn't really scratch that new Krypton itch for me. The way I, I guess I think that there's going to be J Joe Casey is like a competent and enough writer that i i think that there's going to be more to it than just like grim dark zod stuff all the time i hope you're right um, i think i think there's going to be more to it i i really do um i also think it's funny how this kind of like low-key sets up the sin sons <laughs> yes <laughs> um isn't it weird this this feels like i feel like i say this like once a month now um that this feels like the kind of thing that dc used to do <laughs> like mm -hmm. just this random ass miniseries that 
ties into so many things going on in the DCU and sets up stuff and plays with other things. It's just it's just neat. I just think it's neat. Yeah, it's I mean it's how do I explain this in a in a in a more clear way? It's not like um like there are tie-in books that exist only to serve some other story that's going on, right? And that's not what this is. This is its own story and it's telling a perfectly straightforward narrative all its own. Well, like you said, Zach, feeling like it's potentially setting some things up. It's very much within the world of the current DCU. It's not like it's not a it's not a, a like a one-off cash grab. It's not like a like a like flash forward or something. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. the is that what the 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 Wally book was called? Yes. Where yes. that book only existed to resolve this lingering plot point <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. this is not that this is there, this there, feels like it there was some harley quinn miniseries now like maybe five years ago i'm gonna say maybe frank thierry wrote it where it specifically was like six issues that took place between two panels and harley quinn do you remember this now yes yeah yeah, yeah. like it's, it's not that i will agree with that right. i will i'm fine with that yeah yeah, it reminds me of like like Zach said, there are books that used to do this. There's like a Cosmic Boy mini that came out of Crisis. Um, There's a lot of stuff like again in that like pre-Infinite Crisis era. Like there was that um, Adam Strange miniseries that like set up some of the Ranthanagar stuff that mm -hmm. would continue to go throughout all those Jim Starlin books post post infinite crisis there was yeah. like um you know there's that that peter tomasi black adam book mm -hmm. uh yeah i don't know it's just all yeah it's just all that it's all that stuff it just gives me good feelings yeah and i, I think like zod and ursa running a, a eugenics program is such a wacky out there sort of thing to be going on and it it just it feels like mildly uh i mean i guess edgy yeah edgy is like a good word for it but not like to me not in a bad way it's not like it's a dark thing for these characters to be doing you know but it's not it's not like edginess for the sake of being edgy yeah I, and again like this is again maybe like i know i am often one who gives certain creators a, a little too much credit but like <laughs> yeah casey isn't like again he's he's a smart writer he's not somebody who's just like i'm gonna be edgelordy for the sake of being edgelordy you know sure uh -huh. sure but i also feel like and this is no disrespect to joe casey but how many artists and uh, both writers and you know how many creators have come back to DC and we've been like, all right, they're getting the band back together. <laughs> and then the person just doesn't really have the same magic yeah. that they used to have. And uh, it's been a long time since Casey's done anything Superman related. And maybe there's a reason why. 
That's all I'm saying. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I like it certainly more than I thought I would. You were all in on it. How how could this be more than you thought you well, would? You've been I, talking I, about I, it for I, weeks now. I'm I, I'm excited for the characters, but like or I mean the, the creators, but like not necessarily the characters is what I'm saying. Like okay. a Zod book a Zod book I, I was excited for Joe Casey and Dan McDade. I wasn't excited for Zod. And now I, I dig what I dig what I was given. I want more Zod, oddly enough. Wow. And I'm and I'm surprised by that because because you're right, Brian. Like that is a character that has the potential to be extremely edgy or grim, dark, or especially in the configuration that DC would would like to see him in re- right. lately. Apparently, um, and I just I don't know. I dug it. I I guess I did. I took it a little tongue in cheek. Um, I don't know. Maybe that I, maybe that's I, wrong of me. But I wish I could see that. And, and and this this could be on me as a reader, but I just I see like no evidence of that whatsoever in in my reading of it. Hello, denizens of Earth twelve eighteen. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice monthly podcast. I'm Jana, and I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. Anyway, let's go over to a book that I'm sure we're all going to love unconditionally. And that is Titans Beast World Tour Atlantis number one. Uh, this is, uh, there's three stories in here. One of them is written by Cena Grace, illustrated by Ricardo Federici. One is written by Frank Thierry, illustrated by Valentine Delandro. And one is written by Megan Fitzmartin, illustrated by ML Sinapo. And uh, the first two stories, I will say, are like the classic good news, bad news situation. <laughs> like, we got Cena Grace. But they're with Ricardo Federici. We got <laughs> Valentine Delandro, but they're with Frank Thierry. Um, just kind of a bummer a little bit with that stuff. But uh, this does it somewhat splits the difference between what we've seen in the other Beast World tour books, where the Flash one was like one contained story told across different characters. This is similar to that, but the stories are more separate almost like they were in the um, Gotham and Metropolis ones. Um, so, Zach, let's start with you. What did you think of this? I, I think I didn't like it as much as the uh, Central City one, but I've, I I do like it better than the, the other ones that have preceded it, I think. Um, you're right. It, like, didn't really... Um, connect in the same way that the central city one did but it did a little bit with like the through line mayor mayor was kind of like a through line sort of Mm -hmm. um yeah i think there was like enough to like about it and also we have had like a dearth of aquaman content of late so yes uh i appreciated that i did kind of like the return to federici actually because i like 
I did like Federici's art when when he kind of was the fill in for um uh uh Stepien Shezik um during that era so it it gave me those vibes again and, and I appreciated that so I, I I thought that there was enough here to like also like crazy that it it acts as kind of like a pseudo sequel to the Wall of Rising one in a way yes, too yes yes real nutty but that a different writer doing that story um yeah. So my, my overarching thought during that section was like, man, I wish Chuck Brown was right in this section. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I, I, I think that's a pretty good way to uh, to sort of characterize uh, the the book, sort of in broad strokes. We'll get to the specific stories in a second, but Vince, do you have anything different to say about that? This was so plain. <laughs> this was. Uh, uh, this whole book too. My my story is not going to be any different. For, for any of these um this this felt incredibly by the numbers like we uh we need to involve atlantis in this i guess because we're doing a world tour of dc cities or whatever um i feel like they barely had any ideas for this um i think and particularly with this first story uh in you know i don't like federici art necessarily the only thing i have to say about it is that uh he can't decide whether he's modeling arthur after chris hemsworth or father john misty <laughs> <laughs> you would you would totally read a father john misty aquaman book i would i would that's a very that's a very absurd idea disappointing oysters are the rarest of them all <laughs> that's right yes he would be pondering his own existence and romantic foibles as he's swallowed by a, a whale or something. Exactly. Um, Betting dolphin inside the Oculus Rift. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> now that I'd like to see. Of course you would. Um, I'm sending you that Aztec paddle right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Patreon.com slash uh, easy3cast. No, I just thought I, I just thought this was really ordinary, and I think we're only talking about the first story right now. Is that what? I, no, we're, we're sort of an overview. Then we'll get into the three stories. Well, I think this this does go across two of the three stories, but I think Jackson's role in this is really disappointing too. Like, I know he does the thing at the end, um, and looks like he's going to save the day, and then kind of doesn't. But like, he spends this entire issue as Andy's babysitter. I don't know. It it really felt like they didn't have any idea what to really do with these characters. I, I think that's accurate. <laughs> well, I think isn't that like the big problem with Aquaman in general yeah. right now? Is like they don't know what to do. I guess, yeah. I guess. And it's such a shame because between the Chuck Brown stuff and who was who was co-writing Aquaman with Chuck Brown? Um somebody oh, that we like yeah it was somebody else good too yeah hang on well that was called aquamen aquamen mm -hmm. yes right let me look it up talk amongst yourselves um but yeah it, it just feels like you know we have had we've had so many interesting developments in the aquaman camp since dan abnett's 
rebirth run. Like there, there's been a lot of good Aquaman stories since then, but for some reason they can't figure out a way to make Aquaman fit right now. Yeah, I'm, still, I'm having a pretty, terrible time finding. It's <laughs> pretty nutty that we are about Brandon to... Thomas. Brandon Thomas. Brandon yeah. Thomas. There we go. Thank sorry, you. Yeah. Sorry, Zach. Uh, it's. I just think it's funny that we're about to have an Aquaman movie supposedly, and uh, no Aquaman book. Yeah, well, <laughs> don't forget that this is like the last of the. This is this is the last. Uh, we're on the deathbed of the DC extended universe right it, now. It's true. So. I I almost don't even believe that the movie is going to come out, even though it is like coming out this month, right? Like I, out, I won't like, be surprised if it just never shows up. <laughs> coming out like in in four days, I think, from when we're yeah, recording this. Yeah, right. Did you see what Jason Momoa said about it? No. no. He said this was on like Instagram or something, but he said, uh, well, I think this is probably it for me as Aquaman. Uh, you know, if the fans really like it and support it, maybe not, but it's not looking good. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> That's literally what he said. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, man. Incredible. Not looking good. Not it's looking not good. Look, not everyone's, looking good. Everyone's starting to Trump. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So my 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 point is just that we've had good Aquaman stuff happen, but I don't know why it's always in starts and stops. Let's see. I've I've got to find the exact quote because it's just okay. Here it is. The truth of it is, if the audience loves it, then there's a possibility. But right now, it's not looking too good. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> Amazing. <damn>. Amazing. <laughs> just pretty incredible. I love I love just the no filter thing. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> good old Jason Momoa. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's let's quickly get into all three of these stories. We don't have to spend too much time on them. But the first one is called uh, Wild Blue by Cena Grace and Ricardo Federici. And this is just boilerplate Atlanta stuff. There's really nothing all that interesting happening here. Although we do get a look at some characters we don't always see. You know, it's good. I was like, oh, look, it's Dolphin. Hey, it's Torah. I remember those characters. Dolphin being tortured. Yes, Dolphin being tortured. Uh Hey, Aquaman has a daughter that will one day be in the Justice League according to Future State. Like, you know, just it was nice to see those little things pop up here and there, but there's not, there's really nothing of note that happens in this first story. Um, anyone disagree or have anything to add to that? Well, it's kind of interesting how it like sort of ties into Titans, but it also doesn't really feel like it fits with the Tempest stuff. Like, it just doesn't really line up that well, I feel like. Like, Tempest is going through some stuff with Brother Eternity, but also like he can still find time to get down with Tula, you know, like yeah. <laughs> and also Beast World is happening too, if you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, the second story is written by Frank Thierry, illustrated by Valentine Delandro. And as soon as I like turned, got to the page, I was like, oh shit, this is Val Delandro. This is gonna be good. And I mean, I love Delandra's art. Uh, we haven't seen Valentine in a while. I want to say it's since was it Future State? I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. There, there's no way to know this. These things. No, there's, there's um, no, there never is. Really. But the the art, either the art for this was really, really good. 
And it's interesting that they're following up that Waller story. And it was interesting to see. Well, now we know because of the solicits that hit last week, we now know that there's a new Suicide Squad ongoing starting in March with Dreamer and Deadeye as sort of the co-leads of it. Um, and so maybe some of this Waller Rising stuff was is gonna is gonna lead into that. Suicide Squad series, which is the least interesting way for that stuff to be used. Uh, we, we would much rather have a Kingdom series, but, you know. Well, I feel like that's got to be coming too, right? Uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know either. I hope so, but I don't I don't know. Um, but yeah. But the story itself was kind of blah. Any any other notes on this? Yeah, uh, the one thing I really liked about it was that um, a a Ron DeSantis facsimile character gets uh, cut in half by a squid <laughs> or something, uh, by a stingray, a manta ray, manta ray, stingray. Well, it's black, it's black manta, manta, but it, it oh, it, it is the stingray though. Right, it turns into a stingray. Right, that's right. Anyway, it's good that that happened. So, um, <laughs> in a comic, yes, uh, to, to a fictional non, yeah, right. It was fun to see that cartoonishly happen. Uh, I feel like Frank Pierre is somebody who loves doing this, but uh, he's talking about Jaws in this too, like the the oh. mayor in Long Island who shut down the uh, like that's a that's a reference to the movie Jaws. And well, I feel, yeah, of course, but and and I feel like Thierry is always Thierry loves to wink at the audience. I mean, I think there's even a we're gonna need a bigger boat. There's a couple of which, those, yeah. Which come on, here it is. It's right here. We're gonna need a bigger boat, as they say. Let I don't think we should be able to do that anymore. Don't do that one. Great movie, but just come on. That joke has been done. The last time that joke was good was when Randall was playing with the salsa shark in Clerks. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> and yes, you're right. And that was over 20 years ago, I think. So yeah, that was certainly over 20 years. 1994, I believe, was Clerks. Yeah. So we're coming <laughs> up on the 30th 30. anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know what the real anniversary we're all going to celebrate for that movie is, though, right, Vince? 37. Of course. Yes. <laughs> Uh, oh, Zach, you'll get it someday. Yeah, no, you won't. It's okay yeah. if I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah, okay. So, last story in the book, uh, written by Megan Fitzmartin and uh, illustrated M. L. Uh, Sinapo. This is a Jackson Hyde story. Vince, you didn't like this one. Talk about it. Um, I just think like. I think Jackson gets dealt a, a shitty hand. And um, I don't know. I, I can't say much more than that. Like, I just think, I think he's given a thankless job and then looks like a total goof at the end. And I don't know. What more can I say? And I don't think the art looks very good either. Yeah. Um, it's that like over, it's that like, uh, overshaded uncanny Valley ass kind of art that I just don't like. Yeah. And, uh, 
I know I have been rather harsh on Fitzmartin's writing over time, but this just feels like, I don't know. I, I, I've been trying to figure out what it is I don't like about Fitzmartin's writing, and I think it's just as simple as everything is foreshadowed exactly as it's going to happen. There is like, there's no surprise anything I've ever read from Fitzmartin. Um, but yeah, I just didn't care for this. Zach, any, any other thoughts on this? No, nah, it was it was a thing that I read. I'll probably never think about it again. <laughs> but I, it was cool that Andy like did like some kid go on shit, you know, basically. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's although, although making Andy say "mama, mama, mama, mama" is that. Not how a baby talks, but okay. <laughs> you don't know how Atlantean, Atlantean babies talk. <laughs> I think they probably talk like glug, glug, glug. <laughs> I would have much preferred it instead of saying mama, 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 mama. She said, not the mama. <laughs> not the, yes, not the, not mama. the mama. Jackson is Jackson is not the mama. Exactly, yeah. She hits him with a frying pan. Yep, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the listeners under 35, we're talking about the show Dinosaurs. Uh, one season show on uh, ABC. I want to say one, really se- one season. I, no, it was more than, yeah. Is it? I thought it was only one season. I, no, I want to sure say four. More. There, there's it had many episodes here. It is see. four seasons. Okay, f- uh, shit, that's on me. Four seasons. I, I it, 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 time flies when you're having fun, guys. So that, <laughs> I felt how, how many one. episodes was it? It was 65 episodes. Holy fuck. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, doing the, the, and the finale. And the finale the is literally podcast. Yeah. Oh, man. Not the podcast. Gotta love us. Not the podcast. Okay. I would 1000% do that. Do you remember how the show ends? No. Vaguely. I know. I've, I I don't know if I have ever actually seen the ending, but I'm sure I've read about it. It's, you know how it ends, right? It ends with the Ice Age starting. With the extinction of the dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. They all die. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the baby is like shaking and he's like, I'm so cold. And then, and then really? I don't, I don't think it's that sad, is it? Something like, yeah, yeah. I think you even see like their heads explode. No, I can't. <laughs> it's... It's uh, it's very sad, though. This is what the Wikipedia says. The ending credits roll with scenes of snow falling around the Sinclair home, signaling the start of a vol- volcanic slash nuclear winter. That officially ended the series on a somber note. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, yeah. Uh, so coming soon after the DC3 cast, that is, uh, not the podcast. Not uh, the podcast. How has that right. not been a thing already? And maybe it is. I don't know. But I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google not the podcast a dinosaurs podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and if it doesn't already exist, buy the it. URL tonight, Vince, so that we can <laughs> save this. I don't think this. I I think I think this is uh, original IP. <laughs> okay. Yeah, boy. I mean, it's all on Disney Plus. <laughs> That's great. Okay. This is our this is our sickest move we've ever even talked about this is this is some vile repugnant shit here you say that <laughs> i mean i'll do it I'll, I'll fucking do it i i'm not i'm not saying i won't i'm just saying this is this is crazy um man okay 
I don't even care what books come out next week, Vince, but tell us what they are. <laughs> oh, you'll never believe this. I had it open. I was going to be good this year. And then in our Not the Mama talk, I closed the window. Hang on. God, I'm so stupid. It's like you don't have three different Chrome windows with at least 12 tabs open on each one like I do. I don't. I'm really anal about uh, closing closing windows like that. So, okay, I got it. Action 1061, Batman and Jason Robin Jason Aaron, 5. baby. Yeah, yep, Bizarro, oh, Bizarro yeah, Aaron. Yeah. Batman and Robin 5, uh, Green Lantern 7, Outsiders 3, Speed Force 3, Titans Beast World 4. And Wesley Dodds, the Sandman four. That's a light week. That's a manageable week. That's a good week. We should have yeah. more weeks like that. It won't last long. It won't. But that's okay. Anyway, thanks for listening, folks. Go to DC3cast.com or not the podcast.com. We're looking to buying it right now. And uh for more information and uh goodbye. The honeymoon phase is back. It's good again. <laughs>